Oh, uh oh. Chouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that chaos? Yeah. Chouse? I had Chouse? a friend in high school who, who I who she did not understand. She thought it was pronounced Chouse because she'd only read it in books. Right. Yeah. Chouse Riggs. <laughs> Chouse Reigns is my favorite Austrian former bodybuilder Hollywood actor. Oh, it's me, Chouse Reigns. Chouse Reigns. <laughs> Always count on Chouse. <laughs> My I call it the Chow's theory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Chow's titian. <laughs> My Chow's reigns is actually his full name, but he goes by Chow's in America. Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna turn Twitch on now. My Chow's Holmes is his more famous but slightly less intelligent brother. Right. <laughs> I don't know why they have the same first name and a different. It's, it's a, they're culturally oh, it's like they're, it's they're, they're aristocratic. Well, they're of the My Chow's family. They're of the right. My Chow's yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> House My Chouse, I believe is what is. Chouse. Yes. Yeah. I have My Chouse Holmes of House My Chouse. <laughs> I don't remember what the other I want you to was. feel oh, at right. home at My Chouse Holmes, Holmes House. Holmes. <laughs> anyway, this is my brother Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is? What? It's March 9th, 2017. This is Idle Thumbs 302. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. Welcome Hello. back to Idle Thumbs. Thank you. Yeah. It's great to be back. Yes. It's like I never left. <laughs> I mean, okay. Sometimes I wish you would. From, yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the perspective of someone listening to a podcast, it's like I never left. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks for us because we preloaded last week's episode a couple weeks back. Yes. Um, uh, but we're back now, and we're going to kick this episode off with discussion of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because both of you guys have – I haven't I haven't played it yet, but both of you guys have, and I want to. So, Jake, I'm going to borrow your Wii U. You can um, have it. To do that. And I mean, well, I, I guess I eventually want it back because it fine. has... I, I only want it for that game. It has angry Luigi faces inside of it, right. and that's the only other... <laughs> it has Mario Maker on it. See, you, you can have so much fun with that Wii U, Chris. That's true. I haven't even played that game. You yeah. could make Mario's. But I'm excited to hear you guys talk about Zelda, so we're going to do that until you guys have said your piece, and then we'll do some Yeah. Um, uh, where to start with this new Zelda game? <clears> it's... <throat> it's um, Oh. There's a, okay. There's a fucking elephant in the on the pla- in the Serengeti about Whoa. this game. Uh, there's an is, elephant on the where, p- there's, where it's supposed to be. <laughs> I like that oh, you yeah. you're like you're like in this room on the planet in the Serengeti. Like that was like well because we're I running know. the wiretap. We're running the we're running the trace now. We're running the trace. Okay, it's in this room. No, sorry. Boop. It's it's the world. Oh, okay. It's the Serengeti. Oh. oh, it's Far Cry Two. Yes, that's that's. Oh, I oh. realized as <clears> I started talking about elephants. Yeah. Uh, it was even more. But you were oh, talking see. about where they're yeah. sort of like golden tinged majesty. <laughs> yes, uh, right. exactly. Yes, the I have not yet played this game, but the thing that more people that I can count have mentioned, uh, with reference to both us as well as Austin Walker over at Waypoint, as the other one of the other most notable boosters of Far Cry Two, is that this Zelda game is seemingly to many people one of the few true successors to 2008 Clint Hawking Ubisoft classic Far Cry 2. I, it's hard to say. So if is that actually <clears throat> true? Or so is that I've just got a, a thing? I, I actually have a, a, yeah, go ahead. I just, you I go, think, you I think, go first. I think the blood of Far Cry 2 runs in this game's veins, but it is irrefutably a Nintendo game and a Zelda game yeah. before it is those things, I sure. think. Ooh, interesting. In All my right. opinion... I'm going to disagree with this. Okay, oh, just good. keep going. Well, you know what? <clears throat> before, bef- Maybe then, if you guys... I Our really, new segment, Head to Head. No, no, no. no. I'm super <laughs> excited. I am extremely pleased that you guys don't have the like the <clears throat> same assumption about this. That is like very exciting to me. Uh, maybe first... I don't we, know if anyone needs this, but like, yeah, what is yeah. what is the deal with this game? Because I, as someone who hasn't played it, I am definitely aware that it expands the Zelda formula, but I don't know if I could actually tell you all the ways in which that's true. Okay, I, well, sure, Breath of the Wild, it's the new 3D Zelda game. That's probably obvious, but yeah. man, Zelda with vague sort of naturey subtitle is every Zelda game yeah. now. So you yeah. like we're ta- we're here to talk about Zelda Oracle of the Seasons, right? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, and it's for both Wii U and the new console Switch. Yes, it's it's a 3D Zelda game. It's a you know, so you're a big old Link running around with a camera behind you. But it 
it breaks out of the formula that was sort of cemented in when Link to the Past was a direct sequel to the original Legend of Zelda and then that sort of got cast in stone for the 3D Zeldas in Ocarina of Time on the Nintendo 64 of like every dungeon has an item that you must acquire first to complete that dungeon and then everything else in the map is basically gated off by you having those items. Like it's Zelda games have always been very, very lock and key. Yeah. Um, or or <clears throat> that got increasingly cemented in, I think. Yeah, the, from, the original the f- Zelda game is much less yeah, that way than successing games. It's, the, games. Yeah, the very, very, very first Zelda game was a lot more you can't get somewhere because you get the shit kicked out of you. And you, I mean, I think you technically can't get past certain points in that game, but the gates were a lot softer. And yeah. I think they, they hardened up over time until it was like a very lock and key, almost like the most explicit Metroidvania structure, but applied to a 3D uh, adventure. And Breath of the Wild throws a lot of that away in favor of a return to softer gating and a, a way more open world with a lot more optional stuff. And most importantly, so much of it is governed by a, an, a physics system where things actually do sort of roll and flop around. And there's... Uh, and um, physical properties of items like weapons degrade, and you have to constantly be scavenging for new weapons. There's a limited sound familiar Far Cry fan. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a limited <laughs> crafting uh, system to basically make your food either more health imbuing, or you can craft food things into like this gives you a speed power up, or this keeps you warm in the cold. It has crazy stuff in it, like when you go up onto high mountain peaks. Your your UI has a thermometer <sighs> gauge as well as a weather gauge, a time of day gauge, uh, in addition to health and all the other stuff. But it means that like if you're out in the dark on the plains, it'll get cold enough that you'll start losing health unless you make a fire or find a fire or just keep eating food. Or like if you climb up mountain peaks, you also equally start to freeze. Or as you get farther into the game, you can get a tire that will allow you to walk through these things in a in a way that in which you're totally impervious. It so like it beca- when you said that, I imagined Link in like a Michelin tire being impervious to the elements because it literally bounces off. It's of more him. that you just it took get- me several seconds to understand you meant <laughs> a tire as opposed to a tire. What? <laughs> <laughs> he said Link walks around in a tire, and I'm like, Man, oh, well, I, if like, well, in this game, if you could wear, you, you can just roll down a hill. Yeah, if you in, could on, find and wear a tire, ways, so. that would probably actually stop you from ragdolling to death when you miss a climb. Yeah. Oh, the other big thing about this Zelda game that is different from all other Zelda games, <laughs> other than I guess Zelda Two, is that it has a jump button, and it, the jump button is also a climb button, which is, I think secretly the best feature of this Zelda game and yeah. probably the biggest thing they've brought to the sort of open world third person exploration genre because <laughs> usually games like this of the games of this scope I I think of I think of things like Far Cry 2 but I also think of things like Bethesda games like I think of like Skyrim and when I think about in Skyrim there's always the like you can go anywhere if you can sort of wiggle your guy there. You can sort of like right. scrunch yourself up the side <clears> of a hill by like strafing to hit yeah, to yeah, avoid yeah, yeah. hitting the engine's slope limit. In this game, if you just hold, you have a stamina meter, so you can sprint, which uh, takes away the stamina meter. You can jump, which does not take it away. But if you take, um, but if you jump and then use your hang glider, that takes it away. But most importantly, if you climb up things, it very slowly degrades it, and that's the only way that they gate the world. Um, I guess there are a couple places where there are services that you literally can't climb, but they are incredibly, incredibly rare. So, like, if you see a big rocky cliff and there's something cool at the top of it, you can always just try to hold X and, like, Shadow of the Colossus your way around the entire environment. Um, And that, like, just owning up to the fact that your sort of gigantic terrain is going to have people scrambling all over it and putting a nice central mechanic on top of it, all of those things make it seem worlds away from Ocarina of Time or yeah, other modern Zelda really cool. games. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I've talked forever. All right. I want to hear Nick's defense well, of this <clears throat> game as... Well, I want to hear Nick's... Well, I, I mean, first, though, I, I think first, though, not to make you talk more, Jake, but I want to know why you still feel, despite all of these things, that it is still, like, at its core, a Zelda game. So do you feel like this could be not a Zelda game? I mean, it could. That's I feel very strongly that it could not be a Zelda game. I guess 
Like in the in the sense that like if you skinned well, it differently, don't, don't poison the well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, I'm just I'm just curious. I'm not. Yeah, I don't mean yeah. to put you on like the defensive or anything. I'm just I'm actually curious. I do. I don't. <sighs> I, no, I don't. Well, I just want to hear Jake. My out. my weak defense is that for me, Zelda is not always about its mechanics, and I think that there are Zelda fans for whom that is like sacrilege. Like I I mentioned mm. on Twitter that I loved this game, and someone said you don't really do Zelda stuff. You don't even get a hook shot in it. Seven yeah. out of ten, and I yeah. went well. Okay, dude, sure, but the, my favorite Zelda experiences are, I think, Zelda 1. Uh, so, okay, oh, so hold this on. is interesting, though, because when you were talking about this, I, I won't say I completely <laughs> changed my mind, but bringing up Zelda 1, I think, okay. is really important in talking about this game. Sure. The, yeah. the, the, thing, the reason that I think that this game still is a Zelda game at its core is because the feelings that I get when playing it are so emotionally close to when I first played Zelda 1, yeah. when I first like discovered <clears throat> the dark world in Ocarina of Time and realized that I knew nothing about it. Or not right. Ocarina of Time, in Link to the Past. Yeah, Link to the Past. And yeah. this is such a stupid and specific poll, but I, I personally was not a big Ocarina of Time fan. I was actually pretty disappointed by it. Early N64 games, not my thing, apparently. Like I begged yeah. on Mario yeah. 64 yeah. so much. In The thing is, though, when you first put Ocarina of Time into your a video game console into your Nintendo 64 and turn it on and the main menu is Link on a horse riding across the infinite open plains of Hyrule with basically silence and then occasionally like a sad piano melody will play <laughs> that game does not cash the check that it's main menu writes the overworld That's in that true. game is not big <clears throat> it's very heavily gated it's got a lot of like lore dumpy cutscene <clears throat> stuff Breath of the Wild, its actual moment-to-moment experience is the picture that was painted in my head by the main menu of mm. Zelda Ocarina of Time, down to, like, the, like, sort of wistful piano music that occasionally pops. <laughs> yeah. Like, the score the score in Breath of the Wild is, like, the most understated, nice thing. Like, that game leans hugely heavy on its ambient sounds, um, partly because, oh, the other piece of UI is a noise level meter. So you have this game yeah, is a stealth component. This game is yeah. simulating and monitoring <clears throat> right. the the weather, the time, your character's core temperature, the amount of sound that your footsteps are making. Uh, By the way, I turned that UI off at the very start of the game, so it's been a very interesting experience not okay. having access to any of that stuff. <laughs> the, uh, but anyway, so that <clears throat> just like from a tone standpoint, yeah, it, it feels I'm doing things in this game that feel like okay. the things that I thought that I was doing in the earlier Zelda games, but now I'm really doing them. And then, like, yeah. you could argue that you could do those things <laughs> and call it something else, but the fact that it has that feeling of of uh, just of the, the way the world and the adventuring and the exploration works, and fuck it, it says Zelda on top of it, and you're playing as Link, <laughs> yeah. like, those things mesh really tightly for me. Yeah. The other piece of it is, like... My favorite, a lot of my favorite stuff in a lot of the Zelda games is like, it's never as as like fucking disastrous as it is when you talk about like the the lore of the Souls games. The sort of like those games are all supposed to have that feeling of like a world that has fallen into ruin and just, yeah, like, yeah, 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 all these things. But that that sadness is in a lot of the best moments of the Zelda games, where it's not like this world is decayed and is like you're inside the corpse of something, but just sort of like. This place was great once, and you're yeah, it's a little the, more hollow. Now. You're this sort of like weird person that's shown up into this world, and it gives the people around it like a memory of what was there before. Like that right. was some of my favorite stuff in Wind Waker. It's alluded to in uh, A Link to the Past, and this game just goes nuts on that feeling from the beginning. <laughs> You've got that iPad. Oh, I remember when everyone had iPads. Oh, that, <laughs> the iPads. <laughs> that's a specific moment in this game. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's it's true. So weird. But the you you wake up. <laughs> they give it to you, and it's got photos preloaded on it from a hundred years ago, back when everything was good. Whoa. It's so weird. Anyway, that's, that's really good though. <laughs> oh no, it's very but good. It's the, just weird. You you wake up and you explicitly are uh, in some Zelda games. You're are you a new kid who becomes Link for the yeah, first yeah, time, yeah. or are you just a this Link guy, from a previous one? Yeah. In this, it's very explicit that you wake up and you're just a Link from a previous adventure who has been locked away in a magic crystal for a hundred years or whatever. But when you walk out and see Hyrule, Nintendo does a fantastic job in like the opening hour of this game of showing you these sort of familiar iconic locales from the Super Nintendo games or the N64 games that are just like 
destroyed, but they're destroyed like you see the remnants of the sort of like warfare machinery like enmeshed in the buildings. Like it, it evokes like a bombed out version of a European city. From, yeah, it's like post war. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, I mean, it's like it's yeah, it's like going to Berlin. Yeah, in it's like fifty like two or something. Yeah, you're in a you're, you're just, in like yeah. a post war pastoral country that n- was bombed to the point that it is unable to rebuild. Yeah. And, like, no one has gone and cleaned up any of the remains. But because it's that coupled with the, like, Lord of the Rings classic Zelda imagery of, like, there's a weird mountain off in the distance with the swirling smoke around it. And there's, like, some weird glowing stuff off in the horizon that you don't know what it is. It feels like – and obviously the fact that you've shown up in this world, like, whenever the weather gets sort of stormy and overcast – it just feels like everything is going to come to life and destroy you. Like you, you feel like they successfully made it feel like you showed up at the tipping point of some really heavy stuff, like in a Nintendo way. I don't know. Just like, sure. yep. They hit a lot of the like. <clears throat> it's the first time since Wind Waker that I feel like they've managed to sort of drill into the core of what the sort of emotional experience of being inside of the world of a Zelda game is and delivering on that. But the they're going way more for the sort of like this is a melancholy place this is sort of like a ruined place but maybe there's little growths of goodness in it again and like that feeling it hits real hard um and i haven't gotten into any of the mechanical stuff yet which is the stuff that i actually like the most about this game but like that stuff all makes it feel like a zelda game to me even though the actions that you're performing in it you can't Zelda autopilot it. You can't play it like you can the previous like six Zelda games. Where you're like, hey, when am I going to get the boomerang? When am I going to get the bombs? When am I going to get yeah. the hook shot? When am I going to find oh, man Temple X Y Z? I, got, XYZ, you I know. fucking found a boomerang uh, uh, like maybe thirty minutes ago in my playthrough, uh, and I was like, oh, I got the, not the boomerang, but like, oh, I got a boomerang. Like, oh, it's like Zelda, and I threw the boomerang. And then it started coming back at me, and then just as it got to my hand, there was a button prompt to catch it, but I didn't expect that, so it just, like, flew past me and went into the ocean, and then it just, like, sank into the water. And I was like, oh, my boomerang! Oh, fuck! And then this game went, I'm real now. Yeah, yeah, And you are not. You are nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far Cry 2. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Yeah. I saw, I saw, um, everything in the game degrades, and it, it makes it fun, because, I mean, every enemy encounter is basically going to be a net negative for you 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 think you're like you're like at, at the best it can be yeah. Uh, yeah or you know maybe a character will drop a weapon that is a slightly better than the weapon that i have but there's a good chance that i'm going to end up spending like six arrows and halfway degrade the sword that i already have to get what might be an incrementally better drop but it, it's uh like every encounter comes with a cost every like sick move that you do comes with a cost climbing or like i saw an amazing video of you playing nick where uh, you you can learn there's a like sort of semi-documented thing you can do with the shield where you can jump down a cliff and then just surf uh surf on a shield but if you're not surfing on sand or snow your shield degrades from that surfing action so i saw an amazing video of nick attempt to do like the sickest surfing move possible but his shield was apparently one hp away from destruction so link like Jumps on, starts like grinding down a hill, then immediately just flips and it just, just is like a, as it hit the ground. Yeah, yeah it yeah, looks yeah. like just like the worst skateboarding blooper video. But then it was yeah, because like, he takes a real tumble. It was you just, just like eating shit end. down a hill, yeah. taking damage, and then just dying at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. and then the game over comes up. It was like <laughs> this game does a fantastic job of having all of those systems come together to like. I'm sorry that I'm just talking. No, the no, no, time. it's fine. You're doing a good job. I knew that I was. That this game was going to do a lot of really good things when one of the first things that you're tutorialized in, like the first enemy encounter in this game is not a standard Zelda enemy encounter where like the first enemy you usually encounter is like a palace guard on a little patrol or like a goblin who immediately aggros you or something. In this, this is telling of sort of the, the, the world that Nintendo is trying to play in in this game. The first enemy encounter in this game i think for most players at least if you sort of just keep walking forward is you go up a hill uh, and there's a tree that you can hide behind and an embankment and then down like you're overlooking three goblins sitting around a campfire and if you just run down and try to kill them they will fuck you up so instead it's like all right 
You're now camped up above an enemy embankment. You have these five environmental physics things at your disposal. This is kind of what they're doing. You can see they occasionally like laugh at a joke or one of them gets up and goes to do something and comes back and it's like, figure out how to take these All guys right, out. So it's Far Cry 2. I want to hear Nick talk. Now. Yeah, no. So, like, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that just like literally makes it sound like the most Far Cry 2 shit ever. Yeah. Also, for what it's worth, like if you're not a longtime listener of Idle Thumbs, Far Cry 2 was a Ubisoft game in 2008 that I think, especially at the time of its release, was really disliked by a lot of people yeah. uh, in part for the reasons that I and I think a lot of other people love it which is that it is totally unforgiving uh, but also extremely huge in its both physically but also in its possibility space the game puts you in a massive open area and then you take mission after mission it's a first person shooter uh, but the thing that's so interesting about it is how totally Free the game lets you uh, the the game allows you to be in your in just like kill this one guy but then that guy is going to be in a tent or something in the middle of a huge compound with tons of guards and then there's flammable materials and exploding barrels and weapons and uh, guards with different patrols and enemies in vehicles driving around and just every possible environmental factor you can think of and you can do everything from just Rambo your way in if you're truly incredible, although, you know, that that is tough in this game, um, all the way up to setting off crazy chain reactions uh, that will inevitably fail halfway through, and then you'll be in just a Looney Tunes situation trying to stay alive by the skin of your teeth um, yeah, to pull seems, this thing Yeah, it seems off. that Nintendo has taken that mentality of game design and made it incredibly palatable and able and, like, set up so that they, like... 12-year-old kid could right. do it. So now I want to hear Nick's Nick's defense of this game as a Far Cry 2 basically. <laughs> I mean, it is a Far Cry. I mean, it's Far Cry 3. I'm just call, <laughs> I'm straight up Far calling Cry. it Far Cry 3 on, right. when I'm streaming this game because I think it I mean it, it is what it you, is so much more than that but so like in Twitch well, do you actually say be, Nick is playing Far Cry 3? I thought about it actually. Uh, <laughs> let's be but, clear because there is a Far Cry 3 <clears throat> and that is not yes. necessarily a game we admire in quite the same way. Right. So um, you're saying you're you're positing a universe in which the actual game that Ubisoft published with the name Far Cry Three doesn't exist. Correct. But there is a true Far Cry. This 3. is Far Cry Two, Roman numeral two is is where you're. It, yes, that's what it is. Far Cry Two Two. Yes. <laughs> um, Desmond Tutu's yeah. favorite game. Yeah. Um, man. Okay. So well. Okay. So the stuff you haven't really hit on yet, Jake. Uh, are are it, so this is a, this is a major way that this game breaks from from Zelda games, which is that immediately, um, in the, within the first hour, it just hands you all of the special tools, like all the special powers that you get. So there's a if you hold down left trigger, you get sort of a wheel of like I think six different abilities, um, and you find all those very quickly in sort of like a, a Metroid way. Um, but then you don't lose them, unlike Metroid. You actually just keep them for the rest of the game, and those just sort of become the mechanical kind of uh, you know. Um, it's just uh, your abilities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Man, does it just let you fuck around and do stupid shit in a way that, like, I think even goes beyond what a Far Cry 2 allows you to do. Far Cry 2's expression, if you walk up to a camp, is basically, like, you can stealth this shit or you can, like, play around with a guy or sound or whatever. Like, this game contains all of that, but then also um, a billion other things. So, like, uh, there's an island that I found early on in playing. um, Oh, God, this might be a little bit of a spoiler. I don't. I don't need to mention the spoilery aspects of this island, but it's a very, very good kind of surprising um, thing that you can find, and it, it sort of throws you in a certain scenario and uh, essentially strips you for, for like it takes ev- like all of your equipment away from you, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, on this island, there is this massive fucking troll monster who's just kind of sleeping, uh, and he's got like an item that you need, or sort of like on a on a uh, necklace. Um, <coughs> And you can see him there, and you realize, like, okay, well, I don't have a sword. Like, what the hell am I going to do? There are probably ten different ways you could approach this fight. Like, they have stationed, like, uh, boulders above him. They've got, um, you know... Uh, do you still have your, like, your core abilities? You still have the core abilities, though, which okay. I, I guess I should really explain. There, there are One, a bunch of very physics-based yeah, things. Physics-based things. One of which is, um, I think, the, I think probably the, the first one you get. I the, think, magnet? The, the magnet? The magnet. Um so I found this, which is basically a gravity gun or like the telekinesis power in Psychonauts, where any yeah. any object that is tagged appropriately, you can go into this magnet mode and you can just lift it up and physics it around on sort of a like wobbly 
rubber grab hand from yourself. So like you right. can pick up huge plates to make a bridge, right. or you can right. pick up a treasure chest that's way far away and throw it to you, or you can fling things at enemies and whatever else. Yeah. So I tried doing, I think, just like throwing a boulder at this guy, but it just it, he's got a health bar that's like as large as the screen. So I was like, okay, fuck. He's chasing me now. I guess I'll just run away. I run up the top of this hill. There are like 30 guys there, so they're now there attacking me. And I noticed in the middle of the camp that there was just like a metal box, you know, like one of those giant metal yeah. uh, boxes. It's that like are a just, metal crate. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I picked that up with my magnet. It's like the size of you. Yeah, than you. yeah. Yeah. And and like you can sort of throughout the game use that to sort of like bop enemies occasionally. So I was bopping some of the regular guys. And then I realized like, well, I, have, I literally have no other option I other than to try. The big guy. I should try to bop the big guy. So now, like, I wish like. It's it's this is it's hard to describe how goofy this looks, but how satisfying <laughs> it was. But I've got this stupid like Ghostbusters stream coming out of my fucking face, and it's holding this metal box like thirty feet away from me, and I'm just wildly swinging it and just bopping this bopping giant monster in the face, and then like I'll bop him in his arm, and he goes, "Oh my arm!" and I bop him in the face, <laughs> and it just went on. Oh, the, for, what does like, he say when you do that? He's just, "Oh, oh my face!" Okay, and, <laughs> that's what I figured. Obviously, just two yeah. minutes of just bopping this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, asshole. Yeah, yeah. Well, use the box, huh? <laughs> so I just there were like thirty ways you could have done yeah, this. Yeah, use the one you, you choose. Yeah, come on, this is embarrassing. <laughs> but no, so I blocked this guy, and then he died, and it was just like the most absurd. Like thinking about that in the context of like how how like how like perfectly orchestrated like a normal like Zelda boss fight is. You yeah, know, where, yeah. Where this you, is instead just the right item. To, ah, 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 <laughs> throw the box. Oh wait, no wait, hold on. <laughs> Ow, shit! I fine, stop. Yeah. Wait, ah, oof. Yeah. God damn it, my eye. Whoa. <laughs> oh, fine. Whoa. Yeah, this yeah. is just actually an encounter from the Venture Brothers. Yeah, like, basically, <laughs> it's just it was just a totally cartoonish, yeah, goofy thing. Um, and then and then it has the classic Far Cry Two moments where you're just kind of riding your horse you out into the middle of the wilderness. Plugging morphine into your veins. Yeah, and you just, like, you run oh. out of... Well, I mean, that, but also, like... I guess it just, functionally has some similar... Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it does. It does It does have some weird elixir-type stuff. But anyway, so you're just, like, you know, going <coughs> way off in the middle of the wilderness. Your Like, my horse at one point just got, like, fell... Like, horses don't like to go down cliffs, but it accidentally <laughs> yeah, I mean, fucking... I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, also, not in, but also not in Zelda. Right, not, also not in Zelda. Uh, but my horse just took sort of a weird path and kind of slid down a cliff and then got stuck between like a boulder and another object. And so I had to get off the horse. And, so this is your and Jeep? Just, yeah, basically. I was like, oh my God. And then like I was on foot forever trying to find a shrine, which is essentially like a fast travel point. And in between that and the shrine, like I found this guy who was like super powerful and uh, just like destroyed me. And then I, I, I spent maybe an hour just trying different things that I could do to maybe like, maybe I could shoot this guy from over this cliff and he couldn't hit me. Or maybe I could right. like, you know, and it just wasted so much time doing like nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing. And then after like trying to fight that stupid guy, like I kind of just went around the side and then hit this beautiful vista with the sun and everything. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is gorgeous. And that was just like I literally I didn't go into a dungeon I didn't right. do I did nothing I accomplished right. nothing yeah that's and 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 that is the most Far Cry two thing that is like the you say before you were gonna yeah. say that's the most yeah. Far Cry two thing as you were saying like I did all this stuff and I accomplished nothing there's I'm like, nothing oh, that, that I, is that good yeah. Yeah, Far yeah, yeah. Cry two yep. feeling of oh, like yeah. this the the stupidity and the grandeur are their own reward yep. That is that That's is pretty the much what this ultimate. game is. In I fact, will say, yeah, well, no, 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 please, no, no, no. What will what will you say? Well, so I will say that there are two. There, well, okay. So uh, there's one aspect of this game which I think, if you if to to really call it a true Far Cry three yeah. or Far Cry two two, <laughs> yeah, uh, that you would either have to remove or sort of uh, hold back from using, which is that in Far Cry two, um, you have your hub and you have those sort of four. Um, fast travel points, the bus stops, right? Right. The reason that you can get into such a pickle in that game is that uh, even if you essentially use one of those fast travel points, you're often far enough away from them that that becomes the journey to at least get back to that or to the hub. You're always far enough away. In this game, you can at any moment essentially just Star Trek teleport yourself Uh, out of danger to the point where like, you can fall off a cliff (laughs) and in midair you can teleport... To safety. Mm. Oh, so you can teleport when falling. Oh yeah, you I can do some weird stuff okay, in this game. I don't, I don't like that because <laughs> yeah, the, the the counterpoint to that to me is you're you're right that that definitely lessens how Far Cry it is. Yeah, but the arrival points that you get to, <laughs> it will never take you anywhere. Ultimately, immediately handy. 
you always teleport to a place that requires that you walk across the overworld map to get somewhere. Like you can't. Well, you can't teleport to towns. You can't teleport to towns. You, no, you can't. Can. You, you can. Oh, you can. Oh. You can. In fact, there's okay. a teleport. There's a shrine that te- which is the teleportation yeah. sort of zone, literally next to a house that you can buy. So it, it just huh. sort of it, it really just becomes like go back to safety uh, whenever right. you want to sort right. of thing. Right. Hmm. So it, it, I, I would not be inclined to use that. That's when the thing. I say turn off the HUD, and I say don't use fast travel as much as possible. Even though I am cheating and using it, uh, I, I think if that's that's the real Far Cry Three. I think using it when right. you're done um, is different than using it to escape a bind. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. But no, I think I think I think to Jake's point, um, I spent a lot of time sort of tallying the very uh, obvious kind of uh, mechanics or or influences that this game has collected from from games in the last maybe 10 years like there's a lot of shadow of the colossus in this game undoubtedly mm-hmm. there's a lot of i mean it's just far cry uh ubisoft games in general like there's a whole mechanic where you have to climb towers to sort of unlock right. a section of a world map these things are just very but clearly they the, went and played western games but the quest system is very unlike those though i think like it's not like but hold on let me hear Nick's uh, butt go, go first, your butt. no I, I i agree with you but but it's i mean it still is a main quest side quest yes. thing which is very western sure. but I will say, I will say uh, that I did spend some time thinking about Zelda One. Um, for me, that game is really hazy. I don't have a strong memory of playing it. I did play it as a kid, but I, I, it's not like, oh yeah, like for me, that's like right. Link to the Past. I think is the game yeah, that yeah, is yeah. still fresh in my memory. But I do think, and 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 actually, um, I don't know enough about this to speak like authoritatively about it. But I did hear that there was a GDC talk about this game. Uh, I forget which designer gave it, um, but I think. Uh, somebody said that they used um, essentially like a top-down Zelda One style. They used uh, prototype the sprites to, from Zelda One. Uh, yeah, it's a prototype. The sort of survivally crafty and, wow. physics. Like they used two D yeah. physics and everything else. It looks That's like amazing. it looks like yeah. um, they they showed a bunch of video from it at their GDC talk, which I didn't see. Wow, I just yeah, saw I, vi- I just saw video yeah. highlights. It looks like. If you took Zelda One and put it into the Mario Maker editor, where everything yeah. is casting a subtle shadow and everything, it's sort of like wait, but it's top down or side or it's it's top down. It's Zelda One. Okay, you said sorry, you said Mario Maker. And I, oh, it's oh, okay. I, the Mario yeah. Maker aesthetic piece that I mean is like all of the sprites can sort of leave their their pixel art grid and everything has okay, a little sure. bit of a drop yeah, shadow yeah, to yeah, it. Okay, yeah. And then when they were running it, everything had little bits of physics and springiness to it and stuff. It seemed like yeah, they were right, using okay. the Zelda One art. Yeah. Partly just because it was cute and partly probably to sort of get them thinking about a simpler, yeah. cleaner yeah. version of everything. But it had things like items that would sort of cause weird physics ripples that would push enemies yeah. around. And like the way that enemies behaved was a lot more in line with yeah. modern enemy AI design. I mean, you can, you can do some really wacky stuff with the physics in this game. Lately, I've been like... There's a one of the mechanics is like called stasis. Is that the, the, it, the charge up one? Yeah, it allows you to like lock an object essentially in place you freeze it in time you freeze it in time uh, and then you can hit that object like 20 different times and it will sort of create like a golf style arrow it, you, to okay, show you the I've trajectory of this of you doing this and I could not figure out what yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're so charging doing up is you're, you can imbue it with physical force the physics yeah. impulses that yes. would be enacted right. in real time yeah. but you're cumulatively yes. storing yeah. them so in like, the thing so like if okay. a boulder comes flying at you you can freeze it in time then it hit it with a really powerful weapon and then it will draw an arrow <laughs> in another direction then when it unfreezes oh my God. that velocity sends it off yeah. into wherever that's a very useful application so of, this, of this mechanic so I have been doing completely useless things <laughs> like attempting like chopping down a tree and then like charging it up and then attempting to like surf on it across the ocean yeah that which looks kind of works when I watched you do it yeah um, so this game is really wacky but I will say uh, getting back to Zelda 1 um I mean, I thought about Zelda 1 a bit just right off the bat because they have that sort of tapestry and everything kind of has that yeah. kind of chunky Zelda, uh, original Zelda look to it. Uh, they were actually sort of making allusions in that that some of the yeah. monsters in this game might yeah. be the, a reinterpretation of some of the sprite art from the first game. And that, like, the sprite art in that game yeah. is what is like is their like ancient aesthetic of <laughs> right. the, of that of that culture like not oh, literally man. as pixel art but sort of yeah. like how like hieroglyphics yeah, are very yeah, clearly yeah, a yeah. style yeah. yeah that was implied in a way that was really nice i was um kind of in the southwest corner of the map in the i guess like gerudo kind of whatever okay. mountains all right just sort of like uh you know <laughs> southwest american style mountains mm-hmm. you know um and i came up over this rise 
And in the distance, uh, that area, like far off in the southwest corner of the map, is sort of like a wasteland. I think that's what like dragons are. You know, that's it's very, also very traditional Rainsy. Zelda. Very, too, very right? traditional Zelda. Like, I mean, that's where the that's the southwest of a lot of Zelda maps. Yeah, yeah. And the sun was just starting to rise, and it created this sort of blood red horizon mm. beyond these sort of like tiny but like pointy dark mountains. Mm-hmm. And and I went, oh my god, this is gorgeous. And then while I was doing that, somebody on my Twitch stream said. Oh man, this actually really evokes uh, a piece of Zelda, it's Zelda One, one manual art. art, right? The manual art. Wow! And, and he pasted the link, and I put it up on uh, the link, and I put it up in the stream next to what was happening, and it was like I could, and then I fucking like positioned my link where he's like kneeling right, in the same yeah. way, and it it really was literally wow. like the promise of that shit. That's done amazing. procedurally, right? I mean, like this is just this. crazy yeah. simulation of all this stuff. It was fucking phenomenal. So I, I. It's, yes. It seems very much like what Nintendo has been trying to do is go back to what are the feelings that were created, what were sort of the aesthetics and the mood that we were trying to get to, or that, like, yeah. as a kid, that first game evoked. Like, before you know the rules of Zelda 1, yeah. you hit that pause screen and just see that huge grid of, like, I don't have anything on this screen. Yeah. I don't know what oh. is in this world. And, like, we've talked about this before, how later Zelda's eventually evolved to giving you a screen that just has, like, the perfect holes cut out in the shape of all the items and, like, yep. the possibility space. It seems like as everyone became in- intimately familiar with how a Zelda game progresses, they sort of probably correctly became more honest with what that possibility space was. And, like, right. the UI started to reflect it and the shape of the story started to reflect it, where it's like, okay, I'm going to need three pendants, and I know it because there's literally three pendant-shaped holes in the screen. Whereas in Zelda 1, you don't know that's, what just, the hell that's you just need. a grid. Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe you get a ring that does something yep. that you don't know what it does, and you can blah, 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 blah. This game feels like they decided we have to throw all of that mechanical progression away as the only way that we can get that feeling back. Yeah. And now, again, everything is just a grid. You don't even know what your encumbrance is until you run out yeah. of slots and have to throw things away and stuff like that. Like The moment-to-moment surprises in this game are... I, I, it has to be, like... Th- th- like, of all of the games ever released, I think this game has <laughs> the, the most dense number of just... Not gags, but just, like, really just, like, meaningful mechanics that surprise you non-stop like it's, it's I, a thing that nintendo is to, good at so they're, they're really good at it it's but it's cool like to the, see them doing that in a game God, with this like, level of yeah. of, of like overlapping <laughs> mechanics and mechanical freedom and like they welcome systemic collision which they usually yeah, do not yeah, yeah. that's a big when that's a big nintendo difference. Uh, nintendo's such a frustrating developer in some ways because so often a nintendo game is is always is almost always very polished no matter what but what that but what that means is when they're operating in their sort of connect the dots mode, which they get in a lot more than I wish they ever would. You know, when they're yep. sort of just adding another one to the franchise, or when they're just doing like yep. the yep. another spinoff that's just sort of like exists in kind of an uninspired sphere. It is it is always so polished, which I think often feels like quality, but is just totally uninspiring and worthless. But it means when they're actually on. And yeah. like really like Nintendo's designers, when they are truly operating at like a level of high ambition, like when Mario Galaxy came out, yeah, 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 yeah. they do things that are so are so surprising and yet also so uh, feel so current and part of the spirit of the times, yeah. right? I mean, because there are there are game designers who operate in a total vacuum, and I think this often feels true about a lot of Japanese game designers. Sometimes it feels like they like aren't as much in sort of conversation with the rest of the industry. But when Nintendo's really on, it feels like they're firing on all of those cylinders and it's incredible. Also, Nick, I know you have to leave, so I'll wrap this up and then we'll go to break. Um, Your whole Far Cry 2 like comparison has made me want to play this game far more desperately than I already did because the one thing that makes me not just want to go back and play Far Cry 2 itself all the time is that I am just totally exhausted by gun mm. by like first person oh, yeah. shooting especially realistic What's, shooting like actual modern assault rifle shit and stuff like that yeah. and the idea of playing a game that gives me all the things that Far Cry 2 gives me but doesn't require me to 
Yeah, yeah what, and, it really, and it really doesn't. So what you want is a bow and arrow that is entirely physically driven to the point that if you pull back an arrow, then touch it to a torch, it becomes a flame arrow that you can then use to light a guy on fire or to set a tree on <laughs> yeah. fire or to set some grass near you on fire accidentally and then kill you. <laughs> but I've been cheating hitmanning my way through this game uh, with minimal combat. And it's really enjoyable. Just walking, just climbing, That's also very exciting. just yeah. climbing mountains, and just looking and poking yeah, at stuff and, and weird, like yeah. the, like the, talking to dogs, like whatever. Like it's just there's all these yeah. weird kind of things that you can do in this game it's that are just, just fun to run around yeah. forever. Which like it's gorgeous. The way the light it's hits absolutely the grass gorgeous. feels like a Miyazaki movie or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sun sets and then you start getting cold, but then it looks really pretty and cold. Yeah, you can just. You can just basically run forever in this game and not worry about aggroing a guy or doing anything, and it's yeah. just fun. It's stupid. the density of combat is definitely less than Far Cry Two. Like, I mean, you you will not at night. The density of everything is less than everything, but in a way that is really satisfying. It's really like, good. There's just it's very close to Shadow of the Colossus, but 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 you know. But then there's Far Cry Two goblin Far Cry camps 2, and whatever camps. the fuck else. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's good. Yeah, um, you have to go. Well, we need to take a break. Yes. Right. Yeah, let's take a break. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Harry's. Mm. Harry's manufactures and sends to you high-quality razors and shaving equipment. Uh, I've been using Harry's for quite some time now. The Sherry's Sherry's Having Cream. (laughs) Harry's Shaving Cream. They've got two. They've got a foam and a cream. I personally really like the cream. Uh, It's got a nice, cool feeling Mm. on on my neck, uh, and I, I really appreciate it. I've got at this point two Harry's razors, one with a, a nice one for the left side of your face, one for the right side of your <laughs> yeah, face. I, I dual wield my Harry's. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Um, no, I uh, I use one for travel and one for home. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a nice it's a nice setup. I always I always have one ready to go in my suitcase. If you go to Harry's.com/thumbs, you get the trial set. You can try that whole thing for free. Uh, you pay just the shipping charge, but you know. The whole actual thing, you just get it in your house, and you can shave with it. Check it out. Uh, the blades are only about two bucks each, as opposed to about four dollars, which is mm-hmm. what you would typically find those for. Uh, the whole thing is just all boxed up, convenient. Their website has nothing but shaving stuff on it, so it's very straightforward. You don't have to sift through a bunch of crap. It's just Harry's.com/thumbs. Get that free trial. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Harry's. Thanks, Harry's. <laughs> dual wielding razors on his <laughs> yeah. face that's like a lost <clears throat> ad for like the ps vita or something <laughs> god you have it out for the ps vita well no just all the just the sony extreme ads that i know, are just I, know like, I know i know but the ps vita ones had a lot of like oh things, that's definitely like, it's a handheld thing so they're yeah and it's like there's screens on both a sides guy with like veins bulging out of his neck and like that's like, the the ps vita ad that's a response to the nintendo ds uh only having one analog stick where it's like right <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I yeah. actually don't know if I, th- I think the Vita has two. Let me tell you how much time I spent playing a Vita. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does too. Uh, all right, let's do another. I round. mean, they wouldn't have had that ad with the two razor blades if it only had one analog stick. That's true. That's why would they have bothered? Yeah. yeah. Except in the style of a lot of those ads, one of the featured games is like a totally adorable little indie game with a guy actually shaving with two razors. Sure. But the context of it is a sick gamer. It's like Saw or something (laughs) where someone is just like close up on just like greasy, glistening (laughs) pores. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Casper. Mm. Yeah, Casper makes incredibly well-engineered American-made mattresses and sends them directly to your home. Nick's away right now because he's sleeping on his. Yeah, Nick is <laughs> Nick's taking a nap on his Casper because that is a comfy sleep. Mm-hmm. Casper is a comfy sleep. That's their slogan. Yeah, we try out. We like to try out Casper slogans from time to time. Casper is a comfy sleep. <laughs> if you go to casper.com slash thumbs and use the offer code thumbs, you will get $50 towards the purchase of any mattress. These are already... That, like, that might not seem like a lot off a mattress if you're used to a regular mattress price, but Casper mattresses are super affordable. So that's actually a huge percent off of the total cost of one of these yeah. guys. I have slept on a Casper. Nick Brecken sleeps on a Casper every single night. It has a significantly addressed his aching back problems. Now that we're all old shitty adults who are garbage, uh, you actually... <laughs> now that our bodies are falling apart, <laughs> yes. killing us. It is actually incumbent on you to have a, a, a decent night's sleep. 
and Casper will help you do that. If you go to casper.com slash thumbs and use the promo code thumbs, you will get $50 towards the purchase of your sleep-improving Casper mattress. Nice. Just like Nick Brecken. Thanks, Casper. All right. I think we're back. Oh, we Jake, did it. Jake, you had something. Okay. I just remembered um, I remembered distinctly that when another game came out somewhat recently, we excitedly called it the new Far Cry 2. Oh. Um, I think we actually called an episode that, um, and it was Metal Gear Solid 5. Oh, and interesting. I didn't, interesting. I didn't play uh, Metal Gear 5, hmm. and I wanted to hear you talk briefly about that. I mean, I will say well, even just from afar- Breath of the Wild looks way more purely inspired by that sort of thing than Far Cry 2. But you, you yeah, I remember you guys, you, you, yeah, than right. than Metal Gear Solid Five is. But you were deep into that, oh, especially boy. in the first half of MGS Five. Yeah. Oh, it was Console Wars and Hedgehog, or the new Far Cry Two was the name of that good episode <laughs> of Idle Thumbs. <laughs> Can't say I remember what half of that description is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh gosh! I mean, they, I I think that I think that Metal Gear Solid Five, um, definitely is still in the vein of Far Cry Two, even within the in this comparison. But I, oh man, oh, it's been a while since I played that game. I, I'm trying to, I'm racking yeah. my brain to sort of find you a comparison. A lot of it, you, yeah. You I mean, it, it, it's it is it's very good. I would like to go back and replay it. But I think the, oh, I mean, so I will say um, that in terms of just pure running around a map and kind of um, aimlessly finding something to do, you know, <laughs> like, which is kind of what I was describing at the end of this, yeah. which is that, you know, really Far Cry 2 allows you to kind of yeah. make your own trouble, get out of it, get into it, get out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of move on. Um, Metal Gear, I mean, it 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 allowed you to do that, but, but not in a way... I think Zelda's actually just... I, th- I think if you... If, okay, Sorry, I had to really collect my thoughts here. I would say that Metal Gear Solid Five um, is very akin to Far Cry Two, but I think that Zelda is the Far Cry Three. In other words, I think Zelda is actually I think Zelda is actually a better mix of that formula. Um, I mean, I went back and played Far Cry Two um, a couple weeks ago, just for like a couple of hours on a stream, just for fun, and. Um, you know, you're reminded of all of the things that are, are sort of imperfect about that game, you know, running through those checkpoints. And, you know, <laughs> there are legitimate criticisms of, of kind of, you know, where they could have improved that experience. Zelda, there's really almost no comparison because Zelda's doing so much more in terms of, like, layers of systems and, and sort of various components that just don't exist in Far Cry 2. There are no, sure. like, there are no weird challenge rooms in Far Cry 2. There are no dungeons in Far no Cry 2. There's also no magic physics freezers right. and stuff. I mean, the fact yeah, that yeah, it's, yeah. it's, right. a, it's the, the Far Cry I mean, 2 yeah, mentality part, and you're a wizard. Yeah, basically. I will say, yeah, one thing that is we shouldn't forget when comparing either of these games to Far Cry 2 yeah. is that part of what makes Far Cry 2 unique and good is that it is actually so grounded. That is like, true. Outrageous things happen in Far Cry 2, but not because magic or crazy technologies involved. Right. Just because the fairly grounded set of systems right. interact very well. Well, I mean, Metal Gear, I think it's closer to that. You know, yeah. I mean, you can still attach a helium balloon to any animal and send them off into space. Or a car. Or a that car, is yeah. true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but I think it's, it definitely gets closer than Zelda so in one, that respect. There's but, one, yeah. There's but one there thing. are many different axes to attack this sort of yeah. comparison. It's hard to nail down one. Sure. Jake, Obviously, none of none of these games are literally a Far Cry game. But Jake, you know. Jake mentioned Jake mentioning the density of this game being lower than a lot of games makes me suspect that in that macro sense, Zelda might be the better Far Cry Two comparison. Because okay. which is a better Far Cry two, <laughs> Zelda or Metal Gear? <laughs> Amazing that we're having this discussion. <laughs> it's a legitimate news. discussion. Yeah, like holy crap! Yeah, yeah. Who would well, have thought this would be where we're at? Because one of the things, and Nick, you played more farther into Metal Gear Solid Five than I did, so you yeah. can tell me if this is incorrect. But my memory of Metal Gear Solid Five is that anywhere there are enemies, it is intensely dense. But then outside of that, it's not that interesting. That is correct, which is what like, I was sort of getting at, which yeah. is that Zelda does allow for that sort of um, f- kind of satisfying exploration and finding things that are not just another guy to kill, you know. Right. And I think Far, Far Cry 2, you know. It's sort of in between it, those It's two, sort of I in think. between. Yeah. You are ultimately finding another camp or finding another thing to explode. Yeah. But in between, you have moments of kind of serenity that yes, are sort of right. breath- breathtaking and beautiful. Yes. And 
within the context of kind of what you've just done can be such a release, yeah. right? Yep. Um, and I don't, you never really had. I, and there's diamonds. To I'm track sure there down were moments like that and stuff that like I had. That. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there were moments I had like that in, in Metal Gear Solid Five, but they were few and far between. Whereas I think Zelda more consistently hits that tone. Um, if not exceeds it in many ways. I did not get very far into Far Cry 2, but I still always felt at any given moment like the world was trying to kill me all the yes. time. <laughs> yeah. And in Zelda, the world is not always trying to kill you, I don't think. I mean, when not it gets always. dark out, the world is trying to kill you. That's, <laughs> right. that's been when true a since... a weird blood moon. That's been yeah. true since uh, Ocarina of Time, that when, yeah. the, when there's a... But like... In Zelda, I, there are times when I feel so safe that it is more like being in between the bosses in Shadow of the Colossus, yes. like you said. Or like if you're on an MMO server <laughs> that somehow got wiped of all humans. Yep. Like I was just – I was wandering around, got my ass kicked, and then like, you know, ate some meat skewer that I made so I wasn't totally dying. And then just saw a huge tree stump up on the hill, walked up to it, and then it turned out that it was actually a tunnel of like five disconnected hollowed out trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Takes you up to a huge vista and then looked out and went, this is really beautiful. Wait, I have a hang glider. And then yeah, just yeah, like yeah. flew across <laughs> a ton of the map. And yeah. like for no reason other than you can and it's amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then I landed next to some old woodcutter in the woods and had a weird, or no, he was a, 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 a strange shopkeeper who bought right. a bunch of stuff I, off me. And it was little, like, oh. Yeah, like, there's a little just cause in this game as well, I, I find. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there are like explicit like pilot wings uh, challenges that you can find in this game. Well, so, there are weird little things that you can find that just sort yeah. of turn this game into like, oh, now it's just like, I'm just going to fucking play this like Tony Hawk for 30 minutes and right. just goof around. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. I mean, um, Far Cry 2, it's obvi- obviously doesn't have any pilot wings shit or anything like that, but I do remember one of the things that was one of the early catalysts for the Zelda Breath of, Wild, Breath of the Wild is the new Far Cry 2 sort of mini meme that has consumed like a very specific a and good, dumb, dumb a good part of, part of the, of the internet. Yeah. Um, was when they first had a screenshot or video of the hang glider. Yeah. A very notable inclusion in Far Cry 2. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I remember people seeing that and being like, Oh shit! It's funny. The first classical bespoke <coughs> Zelda item that you get that the game can't take away from you that doesn't degrade, et cetera, et cetera. In this game, hang glider. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's a good sign. That's a planting yeah. flag in the ground for sure. Yeah. Although interesting yeah. to note about this hang glider is that it uses your stamina while you're. <coughs> you know, the stamina thing is a really interesting mechanic. It makes moments that normally would be incredibly safe actually very tense. Where if you're climbing up a mountain. And you don't know, like, just based on just looking at your stamina meter, you might be close to being able to reach the top of that mountain or you might just barely not make it. And uh, the same is true of, like, swimming across, a, like, a, a river. Yeah, swimming you're never really, stamina. You're never really sure if you're going to make it. It's very strange in a way because it, it feels like in some cases it's, it's almost a little cheap. But, but I do actually, I think, on balance, enjoy it in the sense that, like, it... <coughs> If it was complete, if, if they weren't limiting you in any way or, or not introducing any element of danger to these moments, it would just kind of feel like, oh, I'm kind of like free camming around this world. But there are, they do a good job of kind of just splitting the, ba- the, yeah. the balance there. and Running and jumping and simple climbs, like all the things that Link could do in Ocarina of Time are free. But the moment you want to engage with any of the new systems, yeah. there is a cost. And yeah. like, I like that you can't hang glide from like the toppest peak all the way to like the far edge of the map or something i like right you're, you're sort of you're watching my stamina run down and going like oh fuck all right i guess i need, I to, need figure to find out a where tree to grab onto yeah i'm like on like, a plane with like not enough fuel like okay I, I guess there i'm going for it here we go you know like those moments are so good um and i don't know yeah that that feels far cry 2 to me actually on balance right. yeah i want to basically wrap up zelda talk so we have time to do some reader mail that uh, uh so we can just broaden this scope yeah. of this episode out a little bit one thing i will end on is that um the classic sort of idle thumbs summation of Far Cry 2 over over the years of us discussing it sort of eventually got boiled down into the sentence, a grenade rolls down a hill. Mm. And just from watching your clips, Nick, I already know that is well within the possibility space. This is, oh, yeah. this is an this important, game. this is an important, uh, com- this is the complete justification for why Zelda Breath of the Wild is Far Cry 2 too. When you first get bombs, you are given a spherical bomb that rolls down a hill and a cube-shaped bomb that does not if oh you my so god. choose. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck everything. Yep. Give okay. <laughs> You're working from home tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to have Sarah stop by your apartment <laughs> and pick up your Wii U. Owned. 
so I can play this thing. <laughs> you thought you were out. <laughs> now it pulls you back in. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm cube all in bombs. This. Yeah, cube bombs. Give me them. Yeah. <laughs> all right, reader mail. All right, let's do Nick, are you going to bounce? I've got a, like... Do you want to stick for one? Yeah, okay. I'll stick around yeah. as long as okay. I can. <laughs> Ryland H. Garnett writes, Greetings, Thumbs. Um... I feel like I never really know what the Idle Thumbs do. I don't mean the specific projects, but the day in, day out. What does a day in the life look like for each of you? I can't be the only one uh, to have been inspired by you guys to begin examining games more closely and even try my hand in Wizard Jam. I'd like to hear what working in games right now means for you on a basic, this is a thing I do at a desk level. Thanks a bundle, Ryland H. Garnet. P.S. Chris mentioning 60s Batman reminded me that as a child I saw a drawing of Sid Caesar who I knew played Joker. What? Hmm? That's not true. And mistook him for Dali. I assumed Sid was a gnome de plume. Would Dada Batman have been called Dadatman? <laughs> God, fuck you. <laughs> um, no, that's not who played the Joker. Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero played yeah, the Joker yeah. and is excellent as the Joker. In 1960s Batman, which, you know, for like the third time, I totally recommend. Um, Go for it. Okay. Games. Uh, (laughs) Am I starting? Yes. Um, I don't know. Why not? Okay, sure. Um, So I work with Jake at a small San Francisco studio called Campo Santo, and we released a game called Firewatch. And the thing that I do is very variable over time. I'm a composer, so I've written the music for a number of games, including Firewatch, um, but also the bulk of my time on that game was spent as a designer, sort of implementing narrative content and designing um, this sort of uh, sort of figuring out how gameplay systems were going to work and tie in to all of that stuff. Um, and I, I mean, I also did all the sound design and, and stuff, but I, but um, yeah, my day my my day job on games tends to be very variable depending on the stage of the project and uh, and kind of what needs to get done at any given moment. I've also recently done some uh, some sort of freelance writing with Nick. We we worked on a the um, Star Wars Battlefront PlayStation VR game together and wrote all of the. The uh, Jake just left. <laughs> Wrote all the dialogue. Would it be funny if I that. had to leave now and you <laughs> yeah, could just, just be a guy uh, talking, uh, to talking to myself? Um, so we wrote the dialogue for that and sort of some of the mission structure stuff. You're yeah. doing a lot of mechanics prototyping stuff now too. Yeah, right now, right now, the stuff I'm doing day to day is just sort of like gameplay mechanics, sort of pro- uh, just prototyping in Unity, which is the game engine that we use. Nice. That's a very scattered answer, but that that's yeah. re- that is maps to my how my days go. What do you do, Jake? I don't know what I do. <laughs> oh, I don't either. Oh, I um, write stuff <laughs> occasionally. You write stuff. Yeah, you're a writer. You're a video game writer. Yeah. Well, I, so like you write I, what happens to the players in the game. Is that right? Yeah, I script kind of. The grenade. Oh, you read the, the grenade fell of the, game. the grenade fell down the hill, and then somebody makes that happen. <laughs> and then you hit Control S. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean right now I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, I write I, I do contract work. Um, yeah, I mean yeah, I used I used to work at uh, at Telltale, and uh, since then I've just been taking contracts. So I'll have a couple of months where I'm really busy writing a bunch of stuff for like Ubisoft or Telltale or Criterion or whatever, and then some months I'm just kind of hanging out, which is suits my lifestyle just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Nick, you've been a languid Nick in yeah, recent months. It's yeah. allowed you to become notable Dark Souls streamer, Idle Thumbs. It's true, so many things that I <laughs> normally you know. Wouldn't be able to pursue my life's dreams. Uh, Your life's streams. <laughs> my life's streams. <laughs> Stream dreams with Nick yeah, Brecken. Yeah, yeah. With idle thumbs, I mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jake. Uh, ha. I make video games. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know. I mean, more recently, I I used to do a lot of user interface design as like basically my job, um, and that was actually like the thing that I always thought that I would want to do on games. And, uh, on firewatch, I ended up building a, like designing and sort of doing the first pass gray box for the huge majority of the world map. Um, there's someone in the kitchen in our office. Don't oh, worry. oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we keep all looking and going, what is that noise? Yeah. Um, but I've, I've slowly 
mutated into having level design and sort of world and space design as a big part of what I do, which is really cool and not a thing that I ever thought that I would be allowed to do as my job. Um, but, you know, I also do a lot of the same sort of stuff that Chris said, except for not the sound stuff when it comes to like doing some, I prototype some stuff and we work on the sort of story and mechanics of the games together. And, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I really like making video games quite a lot. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't speak for anyone else who ever makes video games, but I have determined that it is a thing that I like to do quite a lot. I obviously like to do it more generally than uh, playing video games, which is an attitude that I think is frowned on by many people in the games industry and many people who buy games and I can't do anything other than apologize for being who I am. I really like I really like just making stuff inside of a game creation tool set. I find it really satisfying and a, a really fun creative outlet. So, yep, that's why it's been really nice to be able to move out of doing just UI stuff or sort of like nebulous overarching things like trying to come up with and break the story of a video game and actually being able to get my hands into the game itself more starting with firewatch nice yeah i uh yesterday i spoke at the berkeley high berkeley high school career day Mm. about this because uh they want people who have jobs to go and talk to students about jobs and in both of the class periods in which i talked um, when I told people I made video games, someone asked if that meant that I knew how to hack Call of Duty Black Ops. <laughs> and I realized too late that when I said no, I should have said yes. You probably should have said yes. I should have said yeah. this is like the Ghostbusters question. Are you a god? Yeah. Say yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, you make games. Therefore, do you know how to hack Call of Duty Black Ops? Oh. Yes. We get all of the unlocks as game developers. I didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> you could I, have been the cool uncle. And yeah, you I know. fucked it up. Uh, I, could, I could have been the cool uncle, but instead I was just lame dork uncle. I was yeah. just an uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just bald uncle. Yeah, I'm just, oh. <laughs> cool uncle is bald uncle. <laughs> You're right. It's true. All right, I have to go. Okay, right. you guys can keep doing bye, it. Bye, Nick. Yeah, we can call it here, I think. Yep. All right, well, bye. Thanks bye. For, thanks, thanks for joining us on Idle Thumbs. Um, don't forget, we do have a new podcast featuring the same three of us. Uh, called, even Nick. Even Nick, called Important If True. You can find it at importantiftrue.com. We just put out our fourth episode of that show. That's true. This week. Yeah. It's, and important. <laughs> Sorry. It's very, it's very important. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, it's a weird sort of comedy show about pop culture and technology oddities, I guess. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun doing it and hope you will enjoy it as well. Um, our website for this show is idlethumbspodcast.com. And one thing we should announce actually is that if you are a backer of our Patreon campaign, well, even if you're not, uh, if you are a backer of our Patreon campaign at a certain level, you had the privilege to the privilege geez, as if this is of some great privilege. Um, you uh, have the right to demand a topic of discussion on our upcoming ruination cast, which we are going it's to a ruination, stream. ruination stream, which will be streamed live from our Twitch channel and then posted for all time to our Patreon site. Yes. Uh, so that will be this Sunday. That is uh, Sunday, the 12th of March. Nailed it. Yeah, we're going to say around 11 a.m. Pacific time on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash idle thumbs. So uh, that is this Sunday at 11 a.m. to watch us talk about a bunch of garbage that our Patreon backers demand we, we address. Yep. Um and if you want to back our, our, our campaign, it's patreon.com slash idle thumbs. Check it out. We've uh, got some some dumb rewards up there for you if oh, you're interested. And uh, one final thing. We know the frequency of idle thumbs as a show has been sort of in flux. It's seeming like at least for the next month, idle thumbs is going to be a weekly show. So stick around. Yeah. Um, and we're f- working on an actual schedule. So the show will never, at least for a while, become a sort of when we want to do it show we're just sort of trying to manage it yeah. against important if true yeah and uh we we've the amount of content we've put out in the last month has been insane <laughs> and or to us feels crazy as people with full-time jobs that we just did a bad job of explaining yes. the content of to you um but we we also don't want to 
swing the pendulum in the other direction where it's kind of just a completely lackadaisical schedule with no rhyme or reason. So for the next few weeks, expect idle thumbs going up every week as normal. And then after that, we will be a little more clear about a reduced but still but consistent consistent schedule. and predictable schedule for the show yeah um that said other than that one week when we put important if true out we've still been a weekly show even though it does not seem yeah, like I it know. because it's, we have yeah. been living a crazy life doing two yeah. podcasts at once yep yep all right well thanks for sticking with us um please tell a friend because the show will continue to exist uh if you if you like it and have a video game enjoying friend in need of a podcast or a friend who you think might like video games um, and the, but you you want to you know dispel you wanna, that you want to yeah you want to <laughs> really seal the deal with an extended comparison of uh, Zelda a thing they might have heard of maybe Metal Gear Solid Five definitely not you don't think they've heard of that maybe they have maybe they have and Far Cry Two which they have absolutely either despise or do not know what it is <laughs> so uh, this episode clearly. It's a good um, onboarding episode <laughs> yeah, for yeah, new not. video game enthusiasts. Yeah. Probably for for true gamers, though, I would say this is a great episode. Mm-hmm. Hi, true gamers. Welcome to Idle Thumbs. <laughs> Tell wel- a friend. You're welcome here. Tell a friend. You can send us mail at questions at idlethumbs.net. Again, our website is idlethumbspodcast.com. All the rest of that info is there. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week. Video games podcast. <laughs>